Hello and welcome to the first ever Us Girls podcast. I'm Claire Wheeler and I work for Street Games, a national charity dedicated to changing the lives of young people living in disadvantaged communities. Our Us Girls project provides more opportunities for women and girls to take part in sport and exercise. This podcast is being developed in partnership with London Sport, who are the strategic lead for sport across London. Their vision is to make London the most physically active sporting city in the world. The development of this podcast is not by coincidence. In January 2015, Sport England launched This Girl Can. This Girl Can is a national campaign developed by Sport England and a wide range of partners. It's a celebration of active women up and down the country who are doing their thing, no matter how well they do it, how they look, or even how red their face gets. The campaign kicked off with an advert during an episode of Coronation Street. It continued with a mass poster campaign in train stations, on the London Underground, bus stops and in cafes. The campaign went viral. The advert has been watched on YouTube almost 8 million times and a 30 second version has an additional 80,000 plays. The campaign has 63,000 Twitter followers and over 200,000 Facebook likes. Fear of judgement is stopping many women and girls from taking part in exercise, but as thousands of women up and down the country are proving, it really doesn't have to. And that's what we're here to talk about today. I'm joined by my colleague Andrea, who also works for Street Games, and some wonderful guests that are going to share their experiences, not only as females who participate in sport and exercise, but also as women and girls who want to get others, just like them, involved in sport and exercise too. We're going to start by introducing our guests. Hi, my name's Elizabeth Holly. I'm from the British Mountaineering Council and I'm the Regional Development Officer for the London and South East area. I'm Nicole Napier, I work for um, Active Newham and also run um, Newham's Us Girls programme and do some work with Street Games on advising on Us Girls project. Hi, I'm Camilla Stanger, I'm the founder of We Move Dance, which is a youth dance programme based at Haringey Sixth Form Centre. Hi, my name's Janine Buckland Smart, I'm a student at Haringey Sixth Form Centre and I work with Camilla. Hi, my name is Loretta Johnny. I am the founder of Full Figured Fitness. I'm based in Fulham, but we're wherever we can be. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andrea. Um, I work for Street Games, as Claire just explained, and I'll be facilitating the discussion today. So, um, Spot England research shows that many women, um, the, the fear of judgment is the biggest barrier to taking part in sport and exercise. Is this something that you guys have seen within your projects that you deliver? I would say definitely fear of judgment is a is a kind of a major issue for the young women and even some of the younger girls that we work with because we work with secondary schools as well. So even as young as kind of 12 years old you can see that kind of that shyness, that self-judgment as well as being afraid that people are looking at you, you can see it being quite physically almost debilitating for girls and young women, keeping them quite confined, quite tight, not wanting to get out there and do their thing. So I would say resounding yes to that being a big barrier. Definitely, you can actually see it um, in the person mm. and you can see them, um, I, I mean all, all power to them from actually coming to the class and trying their very best but sometimes you see them almost acting out whatever is holding them back and they're trying to resist against it but it is definitely there. Within the climbing world itself we're quite an open sport 
Um, but recently we held a women-only bouldering session at a local climbing room within London and through direct questioning to those participants it was quite clear that they firstly joined up for the session knowing there was only going to be women there and secondly knew because there were only women there they were breaking down that barrier and that fear of being judged by not just the male sex but other people within the climbing wall because it was specifically set for beginners it was with a very experienced <coughs> experienced and qualified coach so they knew they were going to get um, value for money and at the end it was great to see their confidence grow just over the hour and a half the, the friendships and the relationships they built with those women and they turned up wearing whatever they wanted t-shirts mm -hmm. leggings tracksuit bottoms massive hoodies so there was no preconception about you had to look a certain way, you had to say a certain thing. Everybody at the beginning introduced themselves as beginners and they wanted to try and get out as much as they could. Um, it was an eye-opener for me because I've always participated quite equally with men and women. I've never had any fear of judgment. So me as a development officer learning actually there are people out there that need that guidance and support is leading our... Um, organisation into thinking how we can break down those barriers for other women. I think um, I am very sporty and I still now wouldn't turn up <coughs> to a club or a session on my own without coming with a friend. There's no mm -hmm. way I would turn up on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and actually some of the sessions I've been to, a lot of the women and girls would turn up and sit and watch the first session so yes. they know exactly what it is <coughs> that they're going to mm -hmm. be doing. So I think the publicity probably we need to think about how we do that because actually they don't know what to expect when they turn up so yes. to sit and watch see what happens and then they can judge for themselves whether or not they're going to come back next week and they're going to join in and it's down to the coaches when they're there to try and entice them and encourage them to come mm. back the following week that's right and i think that sitting and watching i found that a lot as well that girls will come to the class they'll kind of edge through the put their head through the door edge to the edge of it but <coughs> then say miss can i just sit and watch for the first session and i think that's partially because they want to see if they like you say can they do the activity mm -hmm. is this something i'm going to enjoy but also coming back to that judgment thing i don't know if you'd agree janine but i get that sense people want to scope out the atmosphere in the room mm -hmm. is this a judgmental atmosphere is this an atmosphere where people are watching each other or is this an atmosphere where i can feel okay i mean i don't know yeah, like, everyone comes in, especially at college, if you're not in the latest gear, if you're not mm. popular, if people don't know you, if you're a loner, there's a lot of judgment coming from every angle. So with the girls only dance as well, like Camilla said, they do pop through. Sometimes you get like 10 of them just sitting down and watching three people dance. Mm. But bit by bit, even in that lesson itself, not next lesson, they will stand up, they'll do a couple moves, they'll get shy again, they'll sit mm -hmm. back down. But then you keep seeing them coming back, standing up for longer, talking to the teacher, talking to others, and they start talking to people that they won't normally talk to in college. So, yeah, they just like to observe before they try and come in and feel free to go all out. We're quite lucky within the industry that I work in is that there's a lot of online information about what to expect when you go into a climbing wall. We actually have a streaming site on BMC TV where you can do kind of a Google view of what a climbing wall looks like and mm -hmm. there's interviews with people that go climbing. So we try to break down that barrier in relation to what people could expect. But the one major question I always get asked, because I obviously travel around such a large, 
a vast area is what's the best climbing route and I think it, it's all to do with your attitude and your perception of when you walk through the door and you can go to one climbing wall and not feel it's for you and then you can go to a different climbing wall and feel quite at home and that's the same with the clubs that also meet at our local walls. You can meet certain people and get a perception of that club and not necessarily think it's for you but then obviously go to another club, another wall and get a whole different experience. So I would say to women, one way of really breaking down that fear or that judgment is not just go on your first ever experience of trying mm -hmm. something new, mm -hmm. is go to another place, another location and try and try again. Mm -hmm. I think that phrase feeling at home is key as well and that whether that's through kind of shopping around and trying different places or like you were saying kind of taking your time and step by step building your confidence but I think that sense of feeling like you're at home you're comfortable you're relaxed that's that's so key and after a while I remember last year I had a girl who after you know a couple of months of coming to the sessions would start coming in her onesie and she you know she'd bring her pajamas from home and she'd it was that sense of feeling comfortable and I think kind of facilitating that is really important. Yeah, like we have two classes. We have the male class, the mixed class, so that's male and female. And then we have the all girls on Wednesday. And yeah, Wednesday. So like Liz was saying, they shop around. So they do go to the mixed one and they're just like, no, I'm not feeling this. You know, the boys get farted than the girls. I don't really feel like I'm fitting in or it's my comfort zone and then they were like oh Camilla is there any other class Camilla's like yeah there's one on Wednesday and come on Wednesday and they feel like oh this is more comfortable I feel more at ease mm -hmm. with this class and it's with both some girls don't enjoy the all women's and enjoy the mixed but it's yeah. just about feeling mm -hmm. at home comfortable to join in and be yourself mm -hmm. I think there's also a real big trend now, especially for women, to experience different types of activities. And climbing, I feel, is becoming one of those activities that's non-competitive and yes. social, non-judgmental, non-gender activity. You can come with your boyfriend, your cousin, your mm -hmm. auntie, your uncle. And it's all about just having a go. Yeah. And I think as soon as you have a go, then you either like it or don't mm -hmm. like it. Mm -hmm. I think with um, our classes, I try and make sure that they're inclusive. They are for men and women. We tend to have mainly women. Um, and that's quite interesting as well. Lots of women, um, people who come to the class haven't been to a class for years um, or for a long time. And there's a lot of holes in them back, but they feel, they feel comfortable there. And I let people know we're not trying to be the best. We're trying to be our own personal best. We're not better than each other. Mm. Um, come and enjoy yourself and once you're moving, if you can move, add a few squats, <laughs> you're doing well, you know. Lots of teaching points, I tell them there's lots of teaching points, sometimes I walk up to you and I might, you know, show you or do a few corrections there but people, you know, are made to feel welcome and made to feel comfortable and they soon understand that, you know, nothing is aimed just at them, it's for the whole class mm -hmm. and just take what they can out of it and do what they can. But um, I think um, we do have a lot, though I do deal with a lot of people who are very critical and judge themselves. Yeah. You know, even though when they come I would never know, I would never know it, but when I've spoken to them on the phone or previously, you know, I'm, I'm quite surprised. 
that's it that kind of continual sense of self-critique can mm-hmm. be so hidden and so deeply embedded Definitely. as sometimes as a teacher or a trainer you don't notice it but then when you start mm. to understand that that's constantly mm. permeating the class Definitely. then you need to find strategies Definitely. from the outset to deal with yeah. that the default mode is to say um, I can't or I don't like this or everyone's staring you can see that everyone's staring at me face have you yes. seen that? yeah I know that yeah. face so <laughs> everyone's staring at me face and there's a posture that comes definitely. with it as well like the hunched shoulders and definitely. very still and definitely I definitely witnessed that when we had the women's only session mm. they were very shy and reserved and then by the end we were chatting they were all giving each other feedback yes mm. all de- developing in yep. their own way and I think that's the, the essence of climbing is that you can take it down any pathway that you want you can mm-hmm. you can continue to be very social and not an ad hoc basis or you can be very committed you can enter competitions you can take it outdoors you can join a club you can do it by yourself mm-hmm. there's so many different facets that you can experience within the climbing and mountaineering mm-hmm. world and i think that's why we have members and um, participation for asking over such a large age range from like four-year-olds to 94-year-olds Mm. Wow. Okay, so talking about like that first session when they turn up, what are your top tips in terms of a new person arriving at that session for the first time? Are you thinking from an instructor point of view, like, or from... Yeah, yeah, so, so okay. for example, like, would you have somebody there that maybe <coughs> is their dedicated role is to welcome new members and, and you know, kind of coax them through the first session? See, the thing is with me, that's just me. So it's difficult, um, you have to be everything to everyone almost, including, a, a you know, whatever's needed. Um, but basically... Um, I try to speak to people first, mm-hmm. and what's really weird, I want to say hello and speak to them and say, oh, you're going to enjoy here and love it here, but I can't. I'm almost highlighting that they're new, so I've just got to be kind of, I've got to, I've got to have a kind of neutrally, you know, I've got to be kind of neutral. I've got to welcome them, but not overdo it, yes. make them feel welcome, Absolutely. and not intimidate them with the welcome. So it's pitching that welcome, mm. it's really, you know, and... Um, and um, also, you want to, you want, you want to mo- mo- I, I want to try and say the word molly coddle them, yeah. but you can't. Again, they've got to, they've got to make their own mistakes. They've got to grow. They've got to, they've got to do it themselves. You've got mm. to, you've got to see where their levels at before you. You can't just jump in and rescue them. Mm. That's part of it. So they've got to build their confidence in their time, not in yours. So um, it's just, a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, you've, you've yeah. Got, you've got to welcome them and encourage them. Encouragement, definitely, yeah. rescuing is yeah two different things. So I, think, yeah. I think the instructor is pivotal to their success, whether they're going to come back or not. It's down to the definitely. instructor. Yeah. If, they, definitely. if they've got the guts to turn up to the first session, definitely. whether or not they come back for week two is down to you, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I think I went to a session the other night. It was a netball session at a club that I um, in a bar that I work for, and um, I was there just to talk about some club development stuff, give them some f- mm-hmm. feedback. And two women came in, and they they announced they were new to the club secretary and the, and the coach, and they were basically told to go out and join the. They've gone off for a run. Go and join in for, to warm up. There was no kind of nice. No, no easing no, in. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, 
Okay, I'm not here to do the whole yeah. us girls thing, but actually that's you've yeah, got them off. They're not extreme. coming back next week. Yeah, See, if that happened in my club, they wouldn't. It's not just they wouldn't come back next week. They would leave on the so, spot. Yeah. There's no way. And I think exactly like you're saying, this balance yeah. between being welcoming and friendly, but not shining the spotlight on that person of being new and everyone look at them. Yeah. And something that I try and do a lot, I mean, it is a younger age group I work with, kind of 12 up to 18, 19, but I'm, I'm sure it's translatable, is find ways to start the session or start the conversation with that person that actually has nothing to do with the session and what they're about to do, but taps into something they already know, mm. they already feel comfortable with, they feel like they're an expert on. So often we'll play little warm-up games where they choose their favourite pop star and we put that music on and then we come up with a dance move that they've seen that pop star do. So mm. they feel like they're already powerful within that space rather yes. than a complete stranger yes. to it. Or even saying, I like your trainers, where did you get them from? Something that just breaks that ice and makes them feel like they belong there. Yeah. I mean, I use language like, um, you know, welcome newcomers. So I just, you know, my arms are out and so no one can see that. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, welcome everyone welcome newcomers and I don't know you know so that's again not highlighting that's probably co maybe that's common sense and um you know I tell people to ask questions and if they want to and so on and I say I, I give teaching points sometimes I might walk up to you and just do a bit of correction um you know is that okay just you know feel free to say no or just shake your head mm -hmm. so they you know um mm -hmm. so people may feel isolated if you go up to them but to me it's important that they're in the right position so they don't cause, um, they don't hurt themselves or damage themselves. I think also but in relation to an introduction, things that I've observed in various sessions run inside and mm -hmm. outdoors is the perception of what other people expect you to be good at and how the instructor said, okay, I want you to just climb. I'm not going to give you any feedback. I just want to see how you move, mm -hmm. see how you organically experience mm -hmm. the moment. And, and then after that, we'll break down the skill, the development, the knowledge, mm. and then we'll start building up the foundations to, mm. to then put in, um, you know, more difficult moves or mm. confidence building activities. Yeah. But I think, like you say, finding a way in. Oh, sorry, Jenny. Um, <clears throat> before you even get to the fundamentals of the movement. It, like there is no right anyone can move like you were saying do I'll just see how you climb naturally or we'll start off with a game where we're chasing each other around the room because everybody can do that then once that barrier is broken you can start putting the, the kind of the structures in and the techniques in but allowing a space where the participants don't feel there's a right or wrong way to move because I oh, think definitely. there's often that oh definitely <coughs> I think um I mean, I disagree. So, no, de definitely. And um, I mean, I, in my aerobics class, the warm up um, incorporates moves that you're going to do later on. Yeah. So the side step might be might mm. be developed, etc. And um, so, and also, I say to people, just keep marching. If you are tired, if you get confused, keep marching, and I will help you. I'll come over and help yeah. you, or show you, or just keep marching and catch up. Take some deep breaths. So. The whole idea is for to you know to get people to keep moving, yeah. and they like that. And at the end of the class, quite often I say, "Do you realise you've been moving for 50 minutes or one hour, or if we go on one hour ten? They're like, "Wow, so, you know, mm. when you came here, you probably didn't realise you've actually been, you know, moving for a whole hour. So that's changed their own perception, mm. which is really good. Mm. We also make sure I have lots of comfort breaks, you know, lots of br yeah. I do breathing exercises as well, and um, simple exercises." Um, to do with 
let's say their core where they can without killing themselves they can feel that they're exercising their muscles mm -hmm. so it's just giving them these little wins little as well realizing yeah. right definitely excellent that's uh, that's really good um, I'm just going to move us on slightly um, and pick up on something that Janine um, touched on which is about clothing um, so obviously this comes up as an area where women feel judged and uh, I think we'd all agree that we're our worst enemies when it comes to mm -hmm. you know <laughs> uh, feeling that way so how what are your top tips for overcoming that and, and helping people not to feel that they're in the wrong clothing or just like tell them what they feel comfortable with yeah or what they feel comfortable in wearing but it's you've got to promote that definitely beforehand so definitely. whatever promotion you do and you, obviously we're lucky you've got a website and you know I'm lucky I've got a website but if you're a club you're not potentially going to have a website so you might only have a leaflet you know, word of mouth or whatever it might be, but you need to say to them where whatever it is that you feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, make sure it's safe to wear exactly what they're wearing, but just promote Definitely. it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. And I think the most important thing is not to put a cost to that. Don't feel you have to go and buy the latest brand. Mm. Don't think you have to go to the said shop what everyone else is wearing. Um, within the mountaineering world, you know, you've got high-end performers you know, doing fantastic achievements um, in non-expensive equipment. So within the climbing world, turn up with, with your tracksuit bottoms and your t-shirts or your Larry leggings and your holy vest top or your lycra or your, your onesie or your pyjamas. You can literally climb, <coughs> climb indoors in everything. Outdoors, obviously, you have to be a little bit more practical mm -hmm. because of the weather element but you don't also have to spend a fortune on that transition at all. Mm. So I think that would be my top tips. Yes. You've got to think about the culture element as well. Like, obviously, I work in Newham, we've got a big sort of um, monolithic ethnic group population and we have to, obviously, allow people to wear long sleeves yep. and mm -hmm. headdressing head and things like that. Definitely. So we need to make sure that we're promoting that as well. So we allow people to turn up in yeah. whatever they feel comfortable in. For that reason and other ones, I don't actually tend to have a dress code in certainly my girls' dance class. And in an ideal world, all the students would come in, like you say, the mm. kind of the loose-fitting clothes, the mm. leggings and t-shirt that would be easy to move in. But I feel that if I was um, hardline on that, I'd get a lot of girls not coming. Yeah, so I've definitely. got girls who dance in their tight jeans and their jacket on and they don't want to take their jacket off because they don't feel comfortable. I wouldn't want to dance like that but I'd much rather have that young woman in the class dancing with her jacket on than mm -hmm. not being not participating at all. So yeah, cause Do you know clothing can as well put people off as mm. much as Definitely. other people looking at you Definitely. and judging yourself because if I walked into a classroom, a dance room and they were in tights and a leotard and a tutu, I would turn around and I would look out <laughs> because I won't feel comfortable in that but even if it was a ballet class and they're like okay you don't have to wear that, you can wear leggings or something else that you can is good for for you to move in for this particular mm -hmm. dance mm -hmm. then that's okay but sometimes when it's so structured structured and you can't do it you can't wear anything else except that mm. as Camilla said you do get people turning away and saying Definitely. this is not for me mm. they're not even going to try it mm. thank I you very much I do find it the layers as you said I do get people with a cardigan and so on and yeah 
on and I and I and I know what's going to happen and what actually happens is layer by layer it, it comes, comes off, off within, yeah. within that hour or 45 yeah. minutes 15 minutes and you know they, they've got a little t-shirt on and mm -hmm. so on now that's not necessarily the aim of the class of course but, but you know I'm like wow wow look at that for confidence oh no yeah. I'm fine here is zipped to the neck and I think they're not going to last because mm. they're going to get hot. They're going to get, mm. and and sometimes they're not even that warm, but they just think, hey, this is restricting me. Yeah, they've got to learn for themselves and you know reflect and make their own changes. Yeah. But another element of clothes as well, which I've seen, and this is perhaps with the the younger girls that I work with, is that it can be a really exciting thing to choose what clothes you're going to wear for dance class. So when I work with a younger age group before we start, I'll say, right, you. First thing is that you don't wear your PE kit and you can just see like little faces light up because PE kit, we've all got our own horror stories. I'm sure Janine's got her own horror stories of PE kit at school. So just the freedom not to have to wear that. But I'll say to the girls, you can wear anything, wear anything you dance it, you can move in, but choose something that expresses yourself and who you are. So I think there's that element that can be really enjoyable as well, choosing the clothes that where you feel, feel yourself in the class. So it can be a positive thing, the clothing as well, I think. Mm. Right. Um, so um, one of the uh, kind of themes that street games work on is the idea of right time, right place, right price, right style. So um, what are your top tips for those types of things? The time, the session, where it's held. I think we touched on cost, how, how much it costs, maybe getting the style right as well consult with people, find out first. I learnt that the hard way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to put on sessions at what I thought people would want at mm -hmm. where I thought they would be mm -hmm. popular and at a time I thought it would be popular and they just didn't work. Um, so that where would be my that? top tip. In Newham. I mean, what was the building? We'd done it at Sixth Form College. Okay. Um, I did a girls football session because I was thinking Fastly growing women's sport mm. that would that would get that get them there. We'll do it at the sixth form college because that's the target age group I was looking at. But it was the wrong time. It what was like time six was thirty in the evening. It was the only time yeah. I could get the facility, and oh, the, yeah. and the college broke at like I don't know four o'clock. So you got no. two and a half hours yeah. then. Um, and actually, football wasn't what they wanted to do. Um, so obviously that yeah that would be my top tip. Assault. Yeah. yeah, I think um, the people I work with, um, some of them, a lot of them are big. Some of them, some of them have lost weight and they want to maintain the weight. Some of them um, want support with their confidence. Some people ha have had an operation or they're getting ready for one. But um, they, ha they often have a pre-existing condition, um, you know, or um, be, be it physical or emotional. Um, a lot of people who I work with not like gyms and um, so I've, mm. I've gone into the community and had um, I've had um, classes in community settings does it work yeah it's, it, it, it has worked I mean my next set of classes are in the gym so that's going to be quite interesting um, I ha my first class was in a gym I, the feedback I got was some people didn't like walking through the gym to get to the class. The studio was mm. phenomenal. It had all the facilities and everything, all the weights, everything we needed. So, um, and that's, that's the thing of a community setting, you have to carry everything and you don't have all the things you mm. necessarily need, which is fine. You can, you know, work in the stereo and everything yourself. But with the gym, um, it was purpose built. Um, also, um, yes, people, people like, 
I find that my group, like their own entrance, and they, they, you know, they want to be. They, there's a form of discretion needed for for them. So in terms of the place, um, I'm kind of been experimental and I'm working in a gym. Now I'm going to, um, and that's for many different reasons in terms of getting used to a different space. But um, in terms of um, prices, I had a conversation before. Um, when I, my classes were very cheap, I found people were ringing up and asking me for discounts. When they, and I'm talking about one or two or three pounds. They were asking for discounts and saying they have, I've got lots of stories about not having money. So what I did was I put the price up and people are coming and I don't have those conversations. And it's the same, same people, same group, same marketing. So that, I found that quite interesting. And um, so I think um, we had a discussion about just promoting value for money, no matter what the price is as well. So mm. I think they need to know what the benefits are. To make I think something. we've had a, yeah. a great success story in relation to getting more young people outdoor climbing for the first time, because we reduced the cost of that mm -hmm. experience, because we knew it was a barrier. Mm. So we created the time, the place, we reduced the cost. And we then advertised it through all of our school and college and university networks. And we've literally spent all the funds that we had allocated um, in relation to that to get more young people. In relation to indoors, there's so much going on, it's unbelievable with regards to women only sessions for mothers, mm -hmm. for um, women 50 plus only sessions during the day, to mm -hmm. training sessions in the evening, to club sessions. To youth sessions. I mean, if you can't find what you want, then you might be looking in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that idea of of a place where you were, your story about the gym mm -hmm. and people not wanting to walk through it, mm -hmm. a place where you feel safe and it's a private place or space I think is really important um, we're really lucky to have a really beautiful dance studio but one that has all of these um, black curtains around it that you can pull over the windows and pull mm -hmm. over the door so you can create this little cocoon almost and I find for the girls only dance sessions the girls are just like they rush to close those curtains and create that space where you do feel a bit private and no one's going to look in at you the boys that are hanging around because they know there's a girls dance class in there can't look in can't get in so that kind of safety um, and timing as well, like going back to what you were um, saying, Nicole, about the, the football session that you set up, working with this this sixth form age group, 16 to 19, I don't know if you agree, Janine, but I feel like expecting girls to leave their homes to come, is, that's not going to happen, but finding a way to catch them when they're on their way out of somewhere mm. else and they're with their friends, mm. much more likely... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as soon as lessons finish, no one wants to hang around. Especially if you have no coursework. It's like, oh, done at three, I'm gone. I'm jumping on the train, I'm at home, I'm sitting down and watching TV. It's as simple as that. And then to think, oh, okay, I have like an hour left of this programme, but I have to get up and go back to college to go and do a one hour session with Camilla. I'm not really liking that, so I'm going to stay at home today. But when you have it, they finish your lesson. And Camilla is always standing outside, right, where you tap out. She's like, hi, guys. Yeah, come to the class today. So she, as you said, she catches you right there. And then you're like, okay, I'll come today. And um, they come today. Yeah, they the come guilt next trip week and all of that. Yeah. One out the <laughs> yeah. But working them. with little kids, like secondary school, with timing, it's more you have to look at the parents. 
either them working, trying to get home on time, what time mm-hmm. their kids are going to get home, how long is the session. So you have to put not only the right time for yourself and convenient for yourself in the school, but also with the parents. Because some kids' parents pick them up from school. If they're getting off work at three or five, how are they going to come back at seven to pick up their kids? You have to think of everyone mm-hmm. and come to a good enough place where everyone or enough people get to the session mm-hmm. and, yeah, experience it. I do a couple of after-school clubs and um, it, it just follows on from school. What I have had is the parents come in and giving their children a meal before the class, you know, mm-hmm. hey, why is your tea? I have to know, actually, um, you know, they'll survive another hour. <laughs> little, little so-and-so, you know, will, will live. <laughs> She'll be fine. And um, like, no, mum, we want to get dancing and, you know, so, um, yeah, so I've, I'm, I'm fortunate enough um, to have for two, for two schools um, a captive audience and um, and the parents like it because they've got an extra hour at home and they have said they would like to come to, and join in so now mm. we're going to do next phase is to do um, parents and child classes mm. so um, that should be interesting and um, yeah so we've had a lot of fun but it is true um, I've, also got, I've also got a class in the college and if you give them a gap, they'll just go home. And I don't blame. Yeah, I don't blame the individual. You know, yeah. a, a, a day of studying. You know, you just want to go home, put your feet up, rest your brain for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we've got a, we've got a bit of a, a captive audience from. Um, you know, if it follows straight on from college, I think it was an hour late, and we, we moved it closer to when college finishes. To see the needs of the audience, definitely. Then you can um, drop kick them at the gates. Yeah, exactly. You've got to chase them. (laughs) Definitely. Um, That's just made me think something that um, Loretta and Janine said about um, access needs in terms of childcare responsibilities Mm. that that women have. And some of the young women that I work with have childcare responsibilities as well. So, I mean, I know it's difficult, but finding ways to accommodate that, whether there's, you know, sometimes I'll have. Um, a student who sat in the class and mm. her little sisters come or her little cousins come and they both join in the class or the little cousin sits and does some drawing while she does the class and finding too. ways if yeah. your insurance covers it to accommodate that and definitely. be as flexible as possible I'd say definitely. I think childcare was definitely an issue mm-hmm. and um, we've had um, I've said if your child will sit nicely in the corner um, they're welcome, and mm. there was a little young man who used to come. We called him the professor. He had glasses, <laughs> and um, I said, "Why? Why is everyone not looking at me?" Because he was on the stage in the corner. I didn't go on the stage. I was on the floor with them, dancing and doing the moves. And he was really good. But um, you know, we do welcome people, and we do try and accommodate um, their their children as well. If they will sit nice, they'll do their homework, and they're often there rooting and egging on mum or you know yeah. sometimes it's really quite funny sometimes they duck they jump in or they do a little elvis move in the corner <laughs> pelvis move i should say <laughs> so yeah excellent um so um as the uh kind of final topic that we wanted to touch on today um we've talked a little bit about some of the kind of physical barriers and um, what about a person's motivation and maybe looking more down the social route rather than the, the kind of competition route for sport yeah I think it's important to find out why someone wants to do something um, and maybe we should have touched on that earlier why someone comes to your session because I might go for 
to get fit. Somebody else might go because they want to be the next elite climber. Mm. Somebody else might just go because you know yeah. they want to make friends. Yeah. I think yeah, we need to yeah, find yeah. out why mm. people come to the session and then mm. tailor the. I think yeah. within the climbing world, it's very much a social element because mm. you meet you can meet certain clubs at a certain point and you meet people there on a regular basis. Bouldering activity itself is very social because you discuss with the people next to you how to do it in relation to um, top rope and leading you see other people climb it and you get beta about the climb and how best to do it in relation to going um, outdoors people go on trips for weekends weeks away months away they go with friends they go with new people they meet um, you get instruction it's in relation to meeting new people and like-minded people, they all gravitate um, to the same to the same place. Mm. Really, yeah, I'd echo that. That social element is is so important, and I certainly have some students and participants who enjoy the idea of doing a dance performance or a dance competition, even and getting out there and pushing themselves, and that's great. So, um, like Liz saying, finding ways to kind of cater to different aspirations and needs within it mm. but the majority of girls who come to the sessions they're not interested in that they, they don't want to compete they don't want to do a performance even they want to have fun they want to be with their friends they want to relax they want to loosen Just up be in the moment be in the moment exactly mm -hmm. so it's finding as many strategies as possible to make that class they're not a really pressured goal-oriented mm -hmm. environment it's about the process mm -hmm. playing games picking what music we want to do this week. Even if we don't do a dance routine, we do a freestyle session, doing some chill out and talking time at the end, making it as much about the experience, social experience of being in that room as it is about achieving a particular dance technique or kind of whatever. It's amazing, um, you know, seeing the group come together, you know, mm -hmm. so many individuals and then a new person every now and again. And, um, and, and you be up, I'm quite surprised how much they have in common in terms of why they're there. They all have a story. Yeah. You know, that's not um, um, a criteria for being there, but eventually the stories come out. And um, I think what made me realise that we are, that there is a social element to the group is um, we, we couldn't actually have a class because the room was rented previously for an arts an arts fair or something. So we, I said, why don't we meet and walk? So we met and we walked. We just called it, let's walk and talk. And as we walked, we really bonded. We walked and walked and walked. And we and everyone's story came out and people, and then, you know, there's a few people in front. I call them the show-offs. And um, <laughs> <laughs> a few people, you know, people, you know and um, there's a middle group in the back. I won't say where I was, at the back. And, um, and you know, and I mixed, you know, I went to d different groups, and the stories that were coming out, it was really quite interesting. And um, but I think um, there's a mixed. We have um, the motivation is very mixed. Some people want to lose weight, some people want to get fitter, some people want to be able to climb the stairs, and some people um, are going to have an operation. Some people want to keep weight off. Some people, etc., 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 and I've got to make sure I don't make my motivation their motivation. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. So I've got to try and keep it. I had an idea to maybe we could do um, a, a special a walk and raise money or something, and I had to be really careful about just you know asking the group. But basically, a few people are interested, so we might um, actually do a walk, you know, a, a moon walk or a cancel one of the various walks, and that 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 would be nice. 
but I mustn't make it my agenda and I mustn't push my agenda onto them. So it's letting them be who they want to be, yeah. letting the motivation come from the group. I think in relation yeah. to climbing, you can go in two different ways. You can meet your friends, you can bring a friend, but it's becoming very family orientated. You see mm. a lot of mums bring their sons or their father, mm. their dads bring their daughters. Mm. Um, and I think that's the one thing that we want to promote is the fact that it's a family thing as well as a friends thing, mm -hmm. as well as something you can do socially. So we had some fantastic discussions there. I'm going to give a short summary and highlight the top tips which we hope will help you to engage more women and girls in sport and exercise. The fear of judgment highlighted through This Girl Can is prevalent across all of the projects our guests are working on. Women and girls are worried about how they look, what clothes they should wear. They're worried about not knowing anyone and not fitting in with a new group. They're nervous about not being able to find the right room or the toilets or the changing rooms. They're also terrified because they actually don't know how the sessions work. They don't know what the rules are, where to stand, what the names of the moves are in a fitness class or the line markings when playing badminton. These are the things we take for granted if we are confident and take part in sport and exercise on a regular basis. We need to do more to support women and girls to build their sporting confidence. We discussed how important it is to help those new to exercise feel comfortable when attending a session for the first time. Welcoming new members is an important task. Try and think about your sessions and think about how they look and feel to new people. Can you make it more inviting? We also spoke about the importance of clothing. So make it clear when promoting sessions that people can turn up in casual clothes and trainers. Be flexible and understand that many women and girls will, will feel conscious uh, we'll feel self-conscious about this so you know what can we do about the clothing um, put on the posts and flyers that trainers and leggings and a, and a t-shirt is, is, is absolutely perfect and make sure the photographs reflect that too we discussed how important it is to set up right at the activities at, at the right time in the right place for the right price and delivered in the right style some women and girls will not use traditional leisure facilities so, so think carefully about the venue that you choose is it important that you create a female-only environment? For some women and girls, it might be. Think about who you want to get to the sessions. The right time will be very different depending on other commitments the women and girls have, whether it be education, work, family or caring responsibilities. Think also about how affordable your sessions are. Are you promoting value for money? Do participants know what they're getting in return for how much they're spending at your, at your session? Consult with people to find out what they want and when they want it. Ask them to help you design the session, what it looks like, is their music, what, what, like, what, they, want, what they want the coach or leader to be like as well. Our final discussion was on motivations. Understand that some women and girls are motivated by losing weight and getting fit, others by competition or the opportunity to perform. Many just want a place they can feel relaxed and be with their friends. Focus on their motivations and what your class or activity can do for them. I'm going to finish just by thanking our guests for their time and sharing their experiences. We really hope you can take some of the ideas from this in order to develop your own programmes. I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please get in touch with us girls, this girl can and London Sport via the usual social media channels. Until next time.